In today's episode, we hear a little more about hope from Mark Roberts. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Before we get started in today's topic, let me remind you to go and check out EdenHollow.com. This is the company I started to start publishing some Bible study guides and spiritual books, but we're starting to branch out into some fiction and even talking to some other authors. We'd love to have you check out what's going on at EdenHollow.com. Now let's jump into today's episode. I'm not really sure what to title this episode, whether this is Hope Part 2 or whether this is the episode about the daily Bible reading, but I think you're going to learn a lot that can help you as a Christian as you continue to grow, as you continue to dig into God's Word, and as you continue to find your hope therein. Mark has done some amazing work at the Westside Congregation, helping them see the value and gain more out of their daily Bible reading. And you'll see why that's important as we get into talking about hope and the way that the media and the way that the news will rob that hope from you. Our goal is to get you to turn off the news and to put your faith back into your Bibles to see where hope truly is found. Let's jump right in. Romans 15 verse 4, uh, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have uh, and one of the things I've tried to stress to people is turn off the news and open your Bible. Because there's nothing the news is going to show you is happening in our world today. The Bible doesn't already have in there. Because all these things have happened before. There's nothing new under the sun. And there's nothing the news can tell you that will give you answers for the things that are happening in the world. But the Bible is full of those answers. So if the Bible is going to tell you everything you need to know and give you the answers, why not turn there instead of the news? Would you agree with that? I couldn't agree more. The a, a couple things that I guess I would add to that. We need to remember that for the media, for the news, they are selling something. They are selling advertising, and we are the product. They they need us to tune in. Nobody is going to pay them all that money for a commercial if we're not tuning in. So they are interested in getting our eyeballs, and they are profiting from getting our eyeballs. And the way to get eyeballs, you know, if, if it bleeds, it leads. And so they just tell us all the terrible things, the bad things. Um, one health expert said, we can't rule out the possibility that teens feel sad, not just because the world contains sadness, but because young people have 24-7 access to sites that are constantly telling them they should be sad and they should be depressed. And, and we have to think about just, just how relevant some of what goes on. There are sad things going on all around the world and yet we really have no control or ability to influence anything about that. There's a war going on in Ukraine, and and I am sad about that, and I see those images, and that makes me sad and, and makes me feel hopeless, those kind of things. But I have no no influence over that. They're not consulting me about that, which is really kind of surprising. I would have thought they would have called me. Um, they, they, they are not, and, and that's what we just get a constant diet of that kind of thing 
this um, horrible thing has occurred here. This mass murder has occurred here. There's a roving herd of murder llamas, and they're picking people off left and right. Murder llamas are the worst. And and so uh, we just get real down, and, and, and it's, it's not doing you any good. I, I think you can pretty much count on if something is happening that is really having a direct effect on your life, it's in your neighborhood, you're probably going to hear about it even before the local news gives it to you. Um, at channel and on channel five at, at, at 10 o'clock at night. So don't let somebody else kill your hopes. I, I, I think about the 10 spies. I, I cannot even believe that after everything they have seen, the Red Sea split, Mount Sinai shake and quake, manna every day, 10 guys were able to destroy the hopes of a nation despite two faithful guys who were saying, we, we can totally do this. This is going to be amazing. Let's uh, load up. Here we go. Joshua and Caleb are all in, and, and those other guys were like, no. And, and they ate everybody's hope. And, and as a result of that, Israel suffered, suffered greatly. I love what you said about reading the Bible, but um, I, 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 I want to come back to that because I want to say more about reading the Bible okay, if I can. So uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard of World Watch News? No, I'm out. Okay, so you would love it, I think. Uh, if you if you care about the news at all, uh, and we tell people about this all the time, it is a program that we subscribe to. It's pretty cheap, uh, but it's a 10-minute news program they put out every day. tells you everything you need to know about the news. It comes from a, uh, a religious perspective, but they don't really make a big deal about it. But they end every program with this slogan, whatever the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand. And I love that perspective because it'll talk about the war in Ukraine. It'll talk about a school shooting. It'll talk about all the bad things that are happening. But it'll also, it, it's designed to work with like a, a, a kid's school program, high school kid's program, that kind of thing. Uh, but you just tune in. Uh, it's an app that we have on our TV. And it, it ends every 10-minute news exposure with whatever the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand. Because we've got to remember that. That's where our hope is. Our hope isn't found in, oh, a new piece of legislation came out that's going to make this thing better. Maybe. Probably not. It's the purpose of the Lord that's going to make things better. That's really what matters. And and so I just, I, again, that is, hearing you talk about it, that that is what people need to be reminded of. I, I think people feel some obligation or some interest in being reasonably informed about world events and the things that are going on. And, and I get that. I just think we need to be very careful how much of that we consume, that we don't lose that perspective that that program is ending with, and that we don't imagine somehow that the purpose of the Lord is going to be executed at the ballot box or because of my activism in this cause, or even because I changed my Facebook avatar to the Ukraine flag. That now of course, has affected world events dramatically and makes me makes me really a part of of peace and, and all the good things that go with that. We just need to be we just need to be much more thoughtful consumers of the news. And I think about um, in a newspaper era, you got your news pretty much once a day. If you were in a major metropolitan city, there might be a morning and evening edition. So you consumed the news and then you went about your day and now you can consume the news literally nonstop uh, via several channels that just run the news constantly and via clicking and, and checking various social media feeds and other news feeds. You can 
constantly see what is going on in the world. I don't think we're made for that, and I don't think that's the best use of our time. And I think that does cause an erosion in our hope because we just get distracted from the purpose of the yeah. Lord. And, and, and again, if we can remind ourselves of that. So you mentioned you wanted to go back and talk about the, uh, the hope that comes from Scripture. Here's your window. Well, I, I'm, I love talking about daily Bible reading, and, and so this may make this episode extremely long. I, I'm, I'm really tuned into daily Bible reading, and we do a ton of stuff at Westside so that we are reading our Bible on a regular basis. And through that, we've learned a lot of things, uh, one of which is it is never enough to just do the reading and check it off. Okay, I, I read that, and, and now I snap my Bible shut and I go on about my business. What will happen very quickly is, is people will just get tired of that and, and they'll give up on that. The point of Bible reading is not information. Although we get information and, and that's a good thing, but we're really not. Most people know most of the Bible stories. We're not, we're not trying to figure out, hey, who wins this David and Goliath thing? I don't even know. I'm on the edge of my seat. No, it's not information. The point of Bible reading is transformation. And so in Romans 15, 4, when Paul talks about that, as we read the Bible, the purpose of the scripture, he says, is to give us some instruction. So there, yeah, there's some information there. I get it. But then through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So I would strongly, strongly encourage people in their daily Bible reading, if they have 15 minutes for Bible reading time, that they read 10 minutes worth and then spend five minutes looking for the hope that is here. Look for hope. In my reading today, wherever I was reading, what here would cause me to have hope? Who in this chapter that I'm reading today has hope? Who doesn't have hope? How would hope change these people? Spend some time. The psalmist calls that meditation, meditating on the Word of God. And, and that term maybe kind of envisions for us this Eastern, Far Eastern, like the guru sitting cross-legged all tied up like a pretzel on top of a hill somewhere. That's not Bible meditation. Bible meditation is to turn things over in our mind. And we just need not only to read the Bible, but then to allow the Bible to to be turned over, to turn over what I've read in my mind, to, to soak in that. How does this cause me to be closer to God? What did God like here? What did God not like here? How 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 what do I know of God better here? How does this cause me to have more hope? And it, it won't just happen automatically. If you don't spend some time thinking about the Word of God, it will not give us endurance and encouragement. It won't build in your hope. So I hope your listeners, I hope your listeners will give some thought to how they spend their time in Scripture and make sure that they are reading the Bible. That's paramount. You got to start there, but that they are also thinking about the Bible, and they are letting the Bible think through them, so that they will have this hope that the Bible okay. promises. Um, and, and and again, you say you're a tool maker. Uh, do you have some tools put together to try to help encourage that? We. Um, I do. We, we have a lot of stuff that we've done at Westside to try to encourage and to try to help people to do that. I'll, I'll give you, this is one of my favorite tools. I will reference this. Usually, if I'm in a gospel meeting, I will preach at least one night on daily Bible reading because most Christians want to do daily Bible reading, but it's a real struggle. And there's a lot of reasons for that. 
but a big one is because people don't do that thinking thing. And so, you know, this guy came at a gospel meeting and he said, you know, if you'll read your Bible, these amazing spiritual benefits will accrue in your life. And so they, they read a chapter and they're like, whatever. And then they just move on. And after about a week of that, they're not getting amazing spiritual benefits. And, and you know, angels are not singing and a light doesn't shine from above upon them. And so they're like, whatever, I'm, that's not really working for me. So um, thinking through the Bible, spending time meditating on the Bible really changes Bible I don't like the word Bible study at all. I'm not a fan of that. Bible study evokes this image of like a bunch of commentaries and original language works and like 17 hours in a notebook and you're taking all these notes. And most people, their lives are extremely busy and they're doing a hundred things. I like to talk about Bible reading. There is a place for Bible study, but what about just daily Bible reading? And here's the tool that I I like to give people to help them with that. I, I call it pathing the chapter. If every... If every day when you read your Bible, if you read a chapter, if you read a verse, just path it. And, and here's what that stands for. You look for something that you can praise God for. Just look for something in there and, and you just say, God, I'm just so thankful for this. Uh, and anytime Bible reading causes us to praise God, that's, that's good. That, that was good right there. And then the A stands for admonish. I'm looking for something here that's going to admonish me. I'm looking for somebody here who's doing wrong, and I need to not be doing that. I need to look for somebody here who's doing right, and I need to start doing that. Bible reading needs to change me. Information, yes, but transformation. So I'm looking for something here that will admonish me. Then I'm looking, the T in PATH stands for trust. Trust. What causes me to trust God more? The life of Christianity is all about going all in on the promises of God. And God understands that that's a big ask and that we struggle with that. And so the Bible is just littered with God making promises. Big promises, promises to Abraham, Genesis 12, promises to David, 2 Samuel 7. But there's all these little bitty promises. You're going to have a baby. You're going to get this city. You're going to conquer this land. You're going to come home for Babylonian captivity, which, oh, come on. There was no way that was ever going to happen. Totally happened. And so if you start watching for all of the times that God promises and then t- absolutely does exactly what he says, you just start getting all this faith in God, which, of course, back to Romans, Romans 10, where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing the word of God. And so you always want to look for, is there something in today's reading that causes me to trust God more? Okay, And then the H the H-P-A-T-H, we're going to path this chapter, that'll stand for hope or it'll stand for help, um, whatever, which, whichever side of that you want. Christianity is not a 50-yard dash, it's a marathon, and I need to find something here that gives me some hope that I can do this, that I can keep doing this. Oh, look, here's somebody like Peter who totally messed it up and God did not kick him out. And he got up and dusted himself back off and kept going. And you know what? If Peter can screw it up and still keep going, I can screw it up and keep going. So that gives me hope. God does not just throw us out. And I'm Jonah, I mean, does it get any worse than Jonah? And there's just all these stories in the Bible of major mega failures who then God gives a second chance and a 72nd chance and a 78 billionth chance. And so if you just start looking for that, you come out of your Bible reading and and you have hope. I can do this and I can keep doing this because God loves me and God is helping me do this. Once again, we're back to our hope is in the Lord and and what God is doing in our lives. And so 
It just takes about five minutes to path a chapter, and and then you get done. And of course, everybody's path is different because everybody's in a different place in their lives. But then, and, and I like a notebook. Jot that stuff down. That's what fountain pens are made for. And so you get done, and and you after like maybe about a week of that. And some days it's going to come real fast. And other days, maybe it's a little bit harder. And you could text with somebody else who's doing that. Hey, did you have a, a good something for tea today? Because I couldn't get some trust today. What did you get? And kind of work some of that out. But as you begin to do that, you, if you do that for like 90 days, you'll have such a better relationship with God. And you, you will look forward to reading your Bible because you're like, you know, I, I need some trust today. I'm gonna, I know where to get some trust, and it's not the local news. I'm going to my Bible. I'm gonna praise God. I'm gonna be changed. I'm gonna be admonished. I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna get some hope. I am reading my Bible. So there's, there you go. There's my little path tool, and I'm giving you that uh, for free. Normally, I charge double what, what you're paying for that, Adam. But I will give that to your podcast listeners for free. I wouldn't hold my breath for that paying off in, in, a, in a really big way. It will pay off spiritually, and and it's paid off just, I'm always amazed in, in my own life, just uh, just working through things like that. We, we have other tools that, that encourage and make sure that people are pushing the text into their lives. You've got to get it off the printed page and into your life. If you will push the Bible through your life, through your troubles, through your difficulties, through your successes, through your failures, through your relationships with others. The Bible is absolutely transformational. There's nothing like the Bible. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is living and it is active. It will change you. You have to let it, though. You have to let it in. And I, I will warn you, it is dangerous business. It is. Do not turn God's Word loose in your life and think nothing is going to happen. You get the Bible in your life, it will change you. And and I, and we just try to do stuff at Westside to, to, to pay that off, to, to get the tools, to get the Word of God working in people's lives. To, to me, the, the, this path method, it changes your Bible reading from being a chore or a duty that you do to being something that you actually can rely on and that actually can move you beyond the sense of responsibility to the sense of relationship. And, and that, that is key, I think, for the Christian life. To grow, you've got to be focusing on the relationship. I am very down on what I call trudgery. That are, that's the religious chores that Christians think they have to do to get to heaven. And I'm going to be miserable right now. I'm trudging my way along and my life is just horrible. I have to go to church and listen to that guy preach and and prayers, and then, oh, I've got to do my daily Bible reading, and I, oh, I should talk to my neighbor. I hate it, trudging through life, dragging around a sack of rocks, and that is not very contagious. Uh, shockingly, your neighbor isn't really interested in being a Christian like you, and uh, you probably are either going to get real self-righteous about how good you drag your rocks around, or you're just going to get discouraged and, and give it up. And so I'm a I'm down on treasury. Treasury is a no. Treasury is a no. And that goes back to what we said earlier, which is rejoice in hope. You know, the Christian life, if it is about hope, if it's about relationship, it causes rejoicing. And and that is the way we should see Christianity. And that is not the way the world sees it. The world sees it as a bunch of miserable people who do what they have to do because they have to do it. 
Whereas, if we are truly being what God has called us to be, we are a rejoicing people and the world will see us different. That is exactly right. And that's why I'm so tuned into this idea of hope being in the now, in the present. Because trudgery and that way future hope where I'm miserable now and then uh, oftentimes that leads to a very secular view of heaven. Heaven is going to be this amazing place where I can fish and hunt and I get a hole in one on every every time I hit the golf. I don't know, what are you shooting 18? That's amazing. Um, so then that, that's, of course, a totally wrong view of heaven. The Bible never says anything even close to that kind of thing. Um, I want a gold one that's silver line. Sing it with me. Um, that kind of materialistic view of heaven is is so far from Scripture, and and but that plays right into the trudgery thing. Be miserable now, you'll be super happy later. Actually, um, if you have hope, you'll you'll be happy now, and you'll be happier later. And you need to understand what I mean by happy. It's, I need to be careful about that. How about you'll be joyful now, or you'll be satisfied, or your life will be rich and full. You'll be you'll be blessed. Didn't Jesus say, blessed is the man who wants to see God? Yeah, see, that's it. That's our hope right there. I'm doing the best I can in my daily Bible reading to see God, and I can't see him as good as I want to see him, but one day I will see him. That is my hope now and my hope for the future, and that that is very blessed. That is super blessed. He has come to give life abundantly. Yes. John 10, 10 is one of my favorite verses. And we are not now what we ought to be, First John 3, but we will be changed. We will be like him. All that, all that A, the admonition, and I realize I'm so far from what I, I praise God, but I'm so far from what I ought to be. I'm never going to get there. Oh, yes, I am not by my own power, not by my own good works, I will be changed. I will be like him. That is my hope. I think you can see why I wanted a bonus episode this week. What a useful tool that is to be able to make paths in your Bible, which means to find a thing that praises God, find a thing that admonishes us, find that which creates trust, and find hope and help in scripture. If we can focus on the path, then we will honestly make it closer to God and closer to Jesus in doing so. There is hope to be found and enjoyed if we will just hold on to God, keep our eyes on him, and keep our, our, our eyes in the scripture studying. Uh, it will just make a difference in your life. If this has helped you, please share it with others. We hope it's been practical in a way that you can take this and apply it in your life and learn from it and develop yourself as a Christian. We would love for you to share these episodes with others, and we'd love for you to find past episodes at preachimpediments.com. If we can help you in some way, reach out to us. Our contact information is there. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.